Welcome to episode number 18 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. We're looking at creating a worldwide community around workplace safety and industries handling combustible dust and powdered materials. Today's episode, we're talking about dust collection system design with Diane Cave of Element 6 Solutions. And we're talking about the five common mistakes that she sees when she's going in to design these systems for industry. She does do a lot of work with combustible dust, but the, the considerations here and the thoughts here are more on the actual dust collection side. So how to take your system from, as she, she mentions in the interview, from only picking up 10, 20% of the dust that you're generating to how to actually pick up 90% or more of the dust. And what are the five common issues that she sees when she, she goes in and, and does these fixes? So Diane's background's really helpful in understanding this. She has over 15 years experience. She's presented internationally and in Canada on this topic, just a lot of experience. She's walked a lot of facilities and seen a lot of things. So I know you'll get a lot of great takeaways about some big items to consider when designing your dust collection system, but also some of the smaller considerations that maybe you wouldn't have thought about. I know I learned quite a bit just by listening to her and talking through these these challenges and issues that you see in these facilities. I know you will too. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I really hope you enjoy today's episode with Diane. Welcome to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. In today's episode, we're doing an interview with Diane Cave, Regional Manager of Eastern Canada at Element 6 Solutions. Diane, I really appreciate having you on the show and really look forward to sharing your knowledge today. Well, thanks for having me here, Chris. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. So Diane has over 15 years experience with dust collection system design, hooding and ducting, um, as, long, as well as various protection systems involving combustible dust and facility compliance. I first met Diane at the International Powder and Box Solid Show in April 2018, where she's on a panel discussion looking at whether or not to retrofit or invest in new equipment for your, your business, including dust collection systems. This was kind of a surprise to me because I learned once I, I met and started talking to her at the conference that she's actually located in Halifax, about 10 minutes from where I live. So since then, we've kind of got together a number of times and, and talked through different things with combustible dust, with dust hazards in general, facilities that generate dust. And I kind of really like her style. She just says it how it is. So that will probably come out in this interview. More than that, she has a ton of knowledge with the experience that she's gained. One of the things in the last time we met about a, a week or two ago, we were just talking about some issues that she's seen in dust collection. And she mentioned really simple thing that sometimes the hoods are actually on the wrong side of the saw. So it should be behind the saw, not in front of the saw. So you won't pick up any dust if it's in front of the saw. I thought that was a really great topic or even a great idea. So that sort of led us to brainstorming this podcast episode, which is the top five mistakes companies make with dust collection system design. So that's really what we'll be talking about. This isn't so much the combustible dust side, the explosion protection, but how do you actually design the dust collection system to get the dust away from the equipment and into your, your, your bag host or your collection system? So that's what we'll be going through. So Diane, maybe a good place to start before we get into the top five mistakes just explaining a bit about your role with Element 6, what you do, and why dust collection is important in these industries that you're working with. Element 6 is a kind of a multifaceted engineering company that does all kinds of different uh, applications for engineering. Um, they predominantly focus on specialty chemicals, and I have only been with them a short time, and they were doing a lot of liquids and gas applications, but liquids or dust kept coming into play with it. And so they asked me to come aboard to help out with the dust aspect of things. And so 
So here I am. And most of the facilities that I have been in, dust is an issue because of combustibility issues in terms of having too much dust laying around and it just being problematic in that sense. So then what are you typically trying to do with your dust collection system? Get that dust collected into the bag house or what's that process look like when you, you walk into these facilities? So a lot of times when you walk in, they, there's dust everywhere. Uh, sometimes it's not as bad as other locations. Uh, I've been in places where you walk into dust pretty close to knee deep. Um, other times it's, uh, you know, a couple of inches or sometimes it's just like a skimming on the surface. So the objective is always to manage that dust and ideally through, um, engineered controls, which would be dust collection systems. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. And in, in this episode, I think we're going to, well, Diane's going to tell us the top five mistakes, so (laughs) she'll be leading it, but I think it's going to be more about how to get the dust collected. And Diane has a lot of experience on the explosion protection side, actually Back in episode four, where we talked about Nova Scotia Dust Collector Safety Program with Jeremy Slonwhite, Diane actually was one of the ones that was doing most of the the work on those 150 or so dust collection systems that were were audited in the province. So you can go check out that interview. That's episode number four, if you want to learn more about the that whole program. But uh, Diane was was one of the boots on the ground that was looking at that kind of system. And then this episode is really going to contain a lot of lessons learned. So maybe we'll jump in right there. So the, the topic is the top five mistakes companies make with dust collection system design. So from your point of view, what's, what's mistake number one that you see? Unengineered or modifications to a dust collection system. Everyone loves to just, they, they'll put in a dust collection system and it's geared or engineered for the equipment that's there. But everyone changes their process things are added, things are subtracted and people just come along and they just slap on more ducting. They slap on a hood here. They take this off there. They dead end a duct and you end up with uh, like this octopus like system. And it affects the whole system whenever you change one branch line or whenever you change, it can be as simple as closing off a balancing gate and you affect the whole rest of the system. But when you start messing around with the system, it affects everything. Most people don't think of that as in terms of affecting it at, at your collection point at one hood. I've gone into facilities where they're like, oh, well, we had someone come in and design the system. And then when you stand there and you look at their system, they've slapped on three or four more branches. And they're like, oh, but it shouldn't, this shouldn't be a problem. Like this is, you know, it's still the same amount of air, but it comes down to the, the static pressure and the, the balance of it. And by adding on all these extra branches, you're changing the static pressure and the airflow requirements in the system, which then affects where the air goes. And in a lot of times, it'll starve the air that's required at a certain hood. And then your hood won't pick up the dust. The air isn't moving fast enough to pick up the dust that you require it to pick up. Yeah. And I can see that, especially if they, you know, they, they've already paid and had their system designed. And then Five years later, they have all this extra lines. They have all this, you know, they, like you mentioned, they've shut off pieces, but then they're, they're saying, well, it's been designed already, but you, you came and put all these unengineered modifications on and you're, you're wondering why you can't actually pick up the dust from your, from the pickup point at your saw or at your planer or wherever it is that you're trying to get into your system. Yeah. And people just, I don't know, it's not thought about a dust collection system. I find is always the last thought of thing in the facility, unless it's helping create production for whatever reason, because a dust collection system in most cases is just an added cost or a necessity that's required in a facility. So 
they ideally want to set it and forget it and leave it and have to do as little maintenance as possible on it. Right. So I guess we call that mistake number one, unengineered modification and dis- additions to the dust collection system, or even in, in simple terms, adding stuff without thinking about it. <laughs> um, what's, what's mistake number two that you see companies making? The other thing is uh, undersizing your fan. So if the fan is undersized and the static pressure in the system isn't accounted for, because every, everything in a dust collection system is driven by static pressure. So if your static pressure isn't calculated correctly from your hood right back to your dust collector through your ducting, allowing for your dust collector to get dirty, your vessel, whatever is collecting your dust. And then your if you have a return air system or going through a to a silencer or, um, or a filter bank at the end if you're returning your air. If all that isn't accounted for, then your fan will be undersized. And as your system deteriorates over time, then, because every, every system does, uh, whether the filters get dirty or the belts stretch on your fan, it basically breaks in. It's like uh, the difference between putting on a pair of jeans right out of the dryer and then when you wear them three hours later. They're all stretched out. It's the same thing that happens with your dust collection system. It breaks in and it, it wears down. And if that wear down isn't accounted for in the sizing of your fan, then your system will lose flow over time. So if it's not accounted for the, the dirty bags, dirty filters uh, in your return air system, then your fan will basically just fall off the deep end of its curve and your flow will, will tank. And then you end up with next to no capture at your hood. You'll end up with dust settling out in your ducting if you get the dust to your ducting. Would you normally like to start with a, a little bigger fan than you need? Or is it better to kind of make sure you have the right size the, the whole way through? So typically when you're sizing, when I, anyway, when I'm sizing a dust collection system, you allow for a certain, you allow for certain parameters for that breakdown. So the relaxing of the system, how we'll call it that. Breakdown sounds so so boring or so bad, sorry. Right. So you allow for four to six inches across a dust collector for dirty filters. And then you you make sure that once you, you're reaching that time when you're reaching six inches of, of pressure across your filters, that your filters are changed. And same with the filters on your return air. And you allow for wiggle room in your fan sizing when you initially purchase and put in that fan. So that over the whole lifespan, and cycling of the system, you never reach a point where you're going to have reduced flow at your hood or you're going to have material falling out in your ducting. Yeah. Or not be able to pick up the material in the first place. Correct. Yeah. So, okay. So we have mistake number one, or maybe we'll even say challenge number one. I'm not sure if mistake (laughs) was the right, but uh, that's what we've said so far. So we'll go with that. We're fixing our words as we go. (laughs) Challenge number one is, is unengineered designs. Challenge number two is undersized fans. What's, uh, what's another difficulty that you, you often see? People tend to underestimate the airflow requirements that are required at a hood. There's a really great resource out there, um, the Industrial Ventilation Handbook. You might even want to call it, I don't know, the, the Bible of Dust Collection in terms of design. It gives you parameters and guidelines for, for hoods and airflow. But you also have to ca- like, actually calculate what's going on with your hood. A prime example, I guess, of this would be a sort of any sort of saw where you're spitting material out. If you don't account for how much material is coming out of that saw and your air isn't taking the material away fast enough, you'll just choke your hood and it won't work. So you actually have to do some 
some good old fashioned geek math to make sure that your hoods have enough air capacity to remove and collect what you want it to do. So often you'll be standing there and and looking at an application and the the material is moving at, I don't know, say 2000 feet per minute, but in the opposite direction or in around the hood, but the hood has only got a face velocity of 200 feet per minute. And the, the dust just moves so fast that it just blows past the hood. So you have to account for the application that's going on to make sure that your hood is sized with enough air to actually catch the dust and make sure that it, it gets into your hood and doesn't choke it up or go past it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I never really thought of that. It's, it just comes back to simple conservation of, of mass almost, right? If you can only suck so much up and you're generating more than that, well, you're going to choke your hood because you're going to have a pile up of, of the dust. On the other side, if your pickup velocity is not enough, then you're, you know, the dust might shoot by or they may not actually go in the hood. Yeah, and one of the big nasty players in this game of for this exact point we're talking about is uh, fans. Uh, in terms of pedestal fans or cooling fans, there's I've done a whole pile of work down in like the southern U.S. and in a lot of places aren't air conditioned, and so the folks that are working in those applications get hot and they want to be all cooled down, so they put a pedestal fan up. But the fan is pointed directly at where the dust source is. And the fan's moving at, I don't know, six, 7,000 feet per minute. And it just takes and it blows the dust right across away from the hood. And so you're brought in to fix the problem. But the problem is you need to move your pedestal fan because your hood wasn't designed to fight against the airflow created from a pedestal fan. That's a, that's a great tip and one that probably people wouldn't, wouldn't think of. So if you take anything away from this this interview um, beyond the, the five challenges, definitely if you're placing fans located near your, your dust sources, that's something to consider as well, because that could be a source of dispersion of that dust um, or just not getting into your proper collection system. So that's three challenges. What's, what's another challenge that you see these, these industries when you just walk in and kind of what's the most likely thing that you see that you're, that um, tips you off that you, you may need to try to fix something. Uh, it was one that you kind of touched on initially was, I guess it was the one that we kind of started this whole podcast idea, was that people just put hoods in the wrong location. When I go into a facility, uh, I stand there and watch a lot of things so that you can see where all the, the dust is going and where it's coming from. And so often you go into some place and um, for instance, it'll off a conveyor belt. So uh, dust is created when you, you dump from one conveyor belt onto another. And you would typically put a hood at that transition point. But you'll stand there and somebody will have put a hood three feet up on the conveyor before it's, it's dumped the material. But it's not, it's not doing anything other than basically just collecting air to then send back into the building or send it outside. And It's a great ventilation system. <laughs> it's a great ventilation system. You got it, Chris. And you have to put the hood where the dust is coming from. So either when you're looking at the hood, it has to be so far from the point source or um, you have to contain it so that your dust isn't spreading and then it gives a chance, the hood a chance to collect it all. Or you have to do a combination of the two. And so often people seem to think that a dust collection system is like an HVAC system. So you can sit at your, your desk, for instance, and there's an HVAC vent on the ceiling and you can sit there and it's blowing cold air on you all day and you can feel it. And, and people seem to think that you can be 
I don't know, three or four feet from a point source and still suck that far for the dust collection to work. But it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Once you get kind of, I guess it would be whatever the, the long side of, of your hood is or your duct. So say you have a hood that's 12 by 12. Once you get much more than 12 inches from that hood, it's not really picking anything up at all. You've got a, a stronger chance if you've got some containment going on, but if you just have a hood floating there, it's not going to do anything. So you've got it too far or it's not located where your dust is coming from. I was in a facility, uh, I don't know, about a month and a half ago, and they had a small little four-inch duct coming down and they had the hood sitting six feet above the dust source. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody, it was for a powder dumping application, so I don't know if you've ever seen someone take and dump powder. It just kind of, you dump it and then you just get this big cloud of stuff. So if it's six feet up in the air at that point in time, it's already dispersed all over the place anyway, and it's not going to do anything. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. And I can picture walking into that facility and you see the you see the hose and the duck line and <laughs> it's hanging, like you said, six feet in the air and, and they're saying, Well, we have we have a dust collection system. Why is it why is there dust everywhere? Yeah, and why is it why is it not working? And a lot of times I think it just provides comfort in that uh well we've done something. Right. Yeah, I mean what we're trying to do here is Something's good. That's a good step because sometimes nothing's done, but we're actually trying to pick up the dust. It's a novel concept, but the, <laughs> anyway, going and figuring out the answers to some of these challenges will help you pick up the dust, which is the, is the key step. I think with dust collection systems, people become, have become so complacent over the years thinking that dust collection systems aren't really supposed to work, which sounds weird. Like um, People seem to think that it's acceptable if they only pick up 20% of the dust. And that's, that's great if it's only picking up 20% of the dust and they're happy with that. In my mind, it should pick up, in most applications, 90% plus of the dust. Yeah, that makes sense. And people have become so complacent with, well, I have a dust collection system. And when you ask them how it works and they say, oh, it works, oh, it works pretty well. And then you stand there and you see the whole facility completely covered with dust. You're like, oh, this isn't working at all. This isn't working. But the definition of what works now for dust collection systems and how they're actually supposed to work, there's a, a very large void in that space. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I think then you'll hear maybe about, then we, we need to have a, a more rigorous housekeeping schedule. And you can actually, if, if you can stop that dust from being released in your application first, then, then you don't need to necessarily do as much housekeeping. It's really the one or the other. Um, but getting started by designing the crest correct dust collection system is a big a big part of that i would i would think anyway oh yeah and i'm not saying that all applications are like that and there are certain applications where ha- housekeeping is is the solution but most of the applications that that i've seen uh you can do great improvements with uh with dust with the dust collect like improving the dust collection and actually having an actual engineered system i'd believe that so we have to summarize we're at 4 we have unengineered design, we have undersized fans, we have hood velocity and kind of hood design um, that's appropriate with, with how much dust and the velocity of the dust is being generated. We have hood location or positioning, um, not putting it six feet in the air, but actually putting it where it needs to be to pick up the dust. Is there, and we actually have some bonus ones that, that we'll throw in like uh, directing fans directly towards the dust source and not settling for a dust collection system that doesn't work. So we're probably over our challenges, but do you have a, do you have a fifth one that we want to label as the, the fifth challenge for 
purpose of this, uh, this interview? So, um, I guess the last one here I had on my list was just plain not designing any hood. Lots of times people just, they, they love the elephant trunk. And so the elephant trunk, I've always called it this and I don't, uh, it's just a, where they just take a hunk of ducting and they just take and they just throw it in. So they know that they need dust collection. So they just take, they'll take like a vacuum hose even, or just a hunk of six inch pipe and they'll just duct tape it. Everyone loves duct tape and they just duct tape it to, uh, you know, the edge of whatever it is or a hunk of steel to make sure that it's nearby. And they just leave that elephant trunk hanging out there and it really doesn't do anything. And a lot of times if you're moving product near the elephant trunk, all it does is it'll just pick up your product. Right. So the idea is you put in a, a tapered hood so that you have a, a wider airflow for collection as opposed to a more concentrated section or spot like with an elephant trunk. So, so if you actually design a hood as opposed to just stuffing something in there is kind of one of those is the other big thing that you see that's a problem. Yeah, I've seen some pictures where you just see if you're looking across the facility, there's, I never, I never thought of calling it an elephant trunk. But, <laughs> you know, you look across and you see eight or 10 of these, these, these lines just hanging down, dangling there. It's, the question is, what are the, what are they doing? Yeah. And so if you go back to what, what we were talking about before, and then really once you pass the, the distance of the diameter. So if you have a six inch duct hanging down there, once you get much, once you get much more than six inches away from that duct, your collection ability, the effective collectiveness of that is, is effectively zero. Right. And you're much more than six inches. So if you put in like a, if you put in a, a tapered hood, that's, you know, 12 inches, then you've at least increased it. You've doubled your distance for collection. That makes sense. So I think that's a, that's a really good overview. And I, I, I know people are going to get a lot of interesting insights from this, this interview. You mentioned a handbook that I want to make sure that we got the right name for. So I include that in the show notes. Sorry, it's the industrial ventilation handbook. But we'll make sure that we get a copy of that or a link to that if we can and put that in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 18 for this episode. Um, and yeah, we'll try to get a, a copy or at least a, a place to point where you could pick that up if you wanted. Um, and as, as uh, Diane mentioned, that's really a, a great place to start for some of these challenges. And I'd also, if you're, you're interested in trying to figure out your dust collection system and, and how to do it properly so that you're, you're not satis- just satisfied with you know, 10% or 20% pickup, definitely reach out to the folks at Element 6 Solutions. Um, contact Diane. We'll have some way in the show notes to actually be able to reach out to her if you want to get more information on, on what they do. And with that, I think we're, we're pretty close to the interview, but is there any one kind of thing you want to leave the, the listeners with today, Diane? Uh, sorry, just uh, uh, the actual proper name of the book is The Industrial Ventilation, A Manual of Recommended Practice for Design. Perfect. I'll make sure we, we look that up. I guess the last thought would be your dust collection system should, should collect dust and it shouldn't just kind of collect it. It should actually collect dust and minimize the amount of housekeeping that you have to do. And there's a lot of folks out there that say that they design dust collection systems because they've designed HVAC systems. But when you find someone that actually knows what they're doing, you'll notice a difference in, uh, in how a system should actually function and what it should actually do. And you'll see less dust in your facility while it's running. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. All right. Well, I want to thank you again for for being on the podcast. This was a really informative 
episode. And I look forward to the chance to, to hopefully have you back on again in the future. Thanks, Chris. I look forward to it as well. Thank you very much. That was a really interesting episode with Diane Cave of Element 6 Solutions. And I wanted to reiterate the, the five challenges that we identified, plus the two bonus ones, just so you have them here. So those, those challenges were unengineered design or design changes to your dust collection system, undersizing the fan so that it doesn't have the, the proper flow to be able to actually generate the pickup velocities that you need. Likewise, challenge number three was actually designing your hood system incorrectly that you don't have the correct velocity to pick up the dust that's, that's supposed to be picked up beneath it. Number four was putting the hood in the wrong position. So either placing it really high up in the air or on the wrong side of the equipment or somewhere where it's too far away from the, the dust to actually pick it up. And number five was not having a hood at all. So she called it the, the elephant trunk hood where you just have your, your line hanging down and there's no hood design on it. So those were the five challenges that she identified that she sees quite frequently. There's even a couple of bonuses in there, such as having fans that are personal fans that are located where they're actually dispersing the dust and causing it not to get into the system, as well as uh, a tip about the actual duct diameter. If you have your, your duct placed such that it's more than a diameter away from the dust pickup, you're going to have a really hard time getting that dust into the system to begin with. Diane also mentioned a great resource that she uses when, when looking at dust collection design and called industrial ventilation, a manual of recommended practices. If you want to find that, you can get it at the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 18, the number 18 for this episode. And if you have any questions or comments or thoughts that you'd like to share, you can do that at the comments section at the bottom of the show notes, or you can reach out to Diane directly from her contact information also on that page. So as always, have a, have a safe week ahead. I look forward to next week's episode of the Dust Safety Science Podcast.